0: Hello, hello. Good morning. Thank you, Johnny, for reading that. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you, Greg, for praying. I'm going to pray again. need the Lord to lead me and to lead us to hear. Lead me to speak. Um, So, yeah, let me pray again. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you are here, present with us. Lord, I ask, even... According to this text, Lord, you said that you are with us. The Holy Spirit is with us, in us, forever. That you teach us all things, Lord. You bring to remembrance what was spoken. And Lord, even this morning, I pray that as um, we just dive into your word together, Lord, would you teach us this morning? Would you give me the words to speak? Um, Lord, let your word be clearly presented. Um, thank you that your word is living, it's active. Lord, I pray that you would penetrate every heart in this room this morning, Lord, even my own. I Pray that you would penetrate our heart in such a way, Lord, you would bring us to a place of repentance. You would bring us to a place of faith. Bring us to a place of remembrance that you are who you say you are. You are mighty and powerful, and you are living in us for those who belong to you. Lord, we worship you, and we thank you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So you guys ever notice, oh, by the way, um, I wasn't sure what quite to title this. Um, so it's quite simply leaving, not leaving. Leaving, not Leaving. Um, but if I were more like uh, theologically correct, it'd probably be like going, coming, right? Um, but I just wanted that to sit with you as a believer in Christ this morning, Jesus' words that he's leaving, not leaving. And uh, that ought to bring us some, some good comfort this morning. You're not going to have any uh, slides this morning? Um, Listen well, write down what you will. Uh, If you don't have a pen, I guess you can bust out your phone if you want to do that. But I'm going to be giving you a lot of scripture references this morning. Uh, So hold on tight. We're going to dig in this text. And I'm actually going to try to do it within time this morning. Uh, So let's do that, okay? Um, You guys ever notice, when we think about our salvation in Christ, we think about how we've been saved from our sin. We've been brought back to life. Uh, We're saved from the wrath of God. But oftentimes I think we miss the fact that Jesus is with us, right? We think about like, man, I'm going to heaven one day. Like, man, uh, I'm no longer dead in my sins. I've been made alive. But like what Jesus is telling his disciples now is like he's with them forever. That's comforting. Like not only is that comforting, that's the comforting that we need to hear. That's the truth that we need to hear, and it needs to resonate with you this morning. It needs to resonate with me that Jesus is with you. I think sometimes we just think Jesus is at such a distance from us, right? Like we're going to be with Jesus one day, right? He he did leave, right? He's like, I'm leaving. I'm going to the Father. He's like, no, I'm with you forever, always. Never a moment that he's not with you. And like our circumstances might make us think otherwise, right? Man, I'm going through some, some junk. I don't feel like Jesus is with me. You have to trust in his promise, because it's the God of the universe who said it. I'm with you. I'll never leave you, right? Uh, <clears throat> how many of you guys have ever been on a plane before? I imagine most of you in here have flown before, right? Yeah. After you board the plane, what usually happens before takeoff? You guys remember? The safety demonstrations, right? It's pretty much the same across the board with any airline. Before you could depart, they're always giving you this this safety demonstration, right? Seat belts, check. Oxygen mask, check. Uh, what else is there? The flotation device, which is known as your seat. Uh, what? A, there's another one. Exits. You gotta know where your exits are, right? Here and here. Um, they they tell you that. In the event that something might happen. Right? You guys feel that? It happens every time. They tell you something in the event something could go wrong. We need you to know these things. Usually you hit turbulence anyway, right? So you at least get a little taste of that. Uh, But I don't think I've ever been on a flight where the oxygen mass has dropped out. Some of you might have. Um, But I think they, they mostly tell you that in the event that something might happen. Have you guys ever listened to that enough? You become so overfamiliar with this safety demonstration, you kind of tune them out. I mean, you guys do that—you tune, you tune out these guys while they're talking. Yes, you do. Man, I, uh, out of respect, I, you, maybe you do this too, but out of respect, I try to listen to them because it's their job. <laughs> I'm like, oh, poor guys. Like, yes, good. The seatbelt. <laughs> I, I got you. I, you click it. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So you want to pay attention, but I think we've become overfamiliar. We just tune it out. Isn't it amazing? Jesus is talking to his disciples about his departure. And he's telling them things that they need to know, not the, in the event that something might happen, but it absolutely will happen. All right? You guys with that? Jesus is telling his disciples, like, I'm out of here. I'm going to the Father. Here's some things that you need to know. It's very important, right? <clears throat> Oh, which, by the way, I'm going to back up for a second about the Jesus being present with us all the time. You guys remember the story with uh, Lazarus? We read it back in John 11, Lazarus being raised from the dead. So uh, when Lazarus died, a good friend of Jesus, uh, Jesus was actually talking to his sisters as well after his death. And Martha, one of the sisters, was talking to Jesus, and he said, Yeah, I know one day I'm going to see my brother at the resurrection, right? The last day. That gives me hope, right? I'm going to see my brother again. What I find interesting about that is, like, the statement Jesus makes when he's standing right in front of Martha. She's looking forward to this hope of the resurrection. Like, I know my brother died. You should have been here, right? Like, I think he would have still been alive, but, like, I'm going to see him again the last day. And Jesus says... I am the resurrection and the life, and I'm standing right in front of you. And that just blew my mind. I'm like, wow, we, sometimes we, even as believers, we look so forward to what's coming, and that's a good thing. That's our hope, right? We just looked at it at the beginning of John. I go to a place for you, right? I'm, I'm going to bring you to myself. That's something we hope in, but like the resurrection was standing right in front of her, and like how often we miss what's already present, right? We look so far down the road, we miss where we are in the now. You guys with me with that? So, like, I like that John 11 passage as a reminder, like, man, Jesus is always with us. The resurrection is already with you. It's coming, and we should be looking with anticipation that the resurrection is going to happen. But the resurrection is with you. Is that encouraging? Right? He's with you now. Um... See where I'm going here. There's so much Jesus has already talked to the disciples about. Uh, Do you guys remember? uh, He had already told the disciples, He's like, hey, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be denied, right? Um, And He's he's about to tell them, let's see what it is. He's about to to tell them later in one of these chapters, but in the same conversation discourse, he said, hey, all of you guys are about to scatter and leave me, and I'm going to be left alone. And then he says, I'm not actually alone because the Father's with me, but hey, I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be denied, and all of you guys are going to scatter away from me. Way to be there. So even in the discourse of Jesus' conversation, this is chapters 13 through 16. This is one big, long discourse from Jesus before his crucifixion. And in chapter 17, you have what's called the high priestly prayer, where we get to see Jesus' conversation with the Father. But all they do during this discourse is question Jesus. And they even said one time, throughout this conversation, they looked at each other and they were like, we don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> that's verbatim. That's recorded. They actually said that to one another. It's like, we don't know what he's talking about. And that's fair, right? Jesus is dropping a lot of stuff here at the end, right before his, his departure, right? Remember the whole like, flight attendance? Something might happen. You need to know this. Jesus is like, this is going to happen. Here's, here's the stuff I want you to know. And they're like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't get it. <clears throat> Uh, check out this flow of thought here. Um, Jesus says, uh, can you put uh, John 14, 25, 26 up? And uh, I want to make reference to this more, but Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you while I am with you, but the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I said to you. So Jesus says, I'm telling you these things while I'm with you, but the Holy Spirit's actually going to be teaching you all truth. He's going to be bringing to remembrance. That's amazing, right? The Holy Spirit that we receive is going to be teaching us all things. So Jesus is saying some things, but it's the Holy Spirit that's actually going to be bringing to remembrance and teaching them even further what Jesus is speaking. Because they're already like, I don't have any idea what he's talking about. Jesus is like, the Holy Spirit's coming. He's going to explain it, right? He's going to explain it. Um, a couple of things with that uh, one, what does it mean that the Holy Spirit is going to bring to you remembrance all that Jesus said I think in one way um, for me I found that uh, you guys memorize scripture, right you may have memorized scripture in the room the word of God uh, it's crazy how like I can't remember what I did two days ago but for some reason I can remember a verse that I learned like five years ago all of a sudden in a moment. I'm like, where'd that come from? I don't think this is like the, what he's saying in this verse, like the Holy Spirit's going to bring to remembrance all that he said, but I think that's part of it. The Holy Spirit resides in you, which by the way, Jesus said, I am the way, the what? The truth." Jesus prays in John 17 to the Father. He says, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. So, of course, the Holy Spirit is going to take what Jesus says, what the word of God says, and bring it to our remembrance, right? That's awesome. But I don't think that's what he's fully saying. What he's saying to his disciples here is, uh, the New Testament hasn't been written yet, but it's about to be. And the Holy... God's going to use the Holy Spirit to lead these guys. There's going to be men, eyewitnesses, apostles, eyewitnesses to the resurrection who are going to be carried along by the Holy Spirit to write down what the Lord wants them to write. And that's what we have today is the New Testament. The holy men of God led by the Spirit to write down. Um, also, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3.16 says all scriptures breathed out by God. All scriptures breathed out by God. So the New Testament, when we look at it, we can just bank on the fact, like, this is what God said and has been written down. That was made possible to us by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? It's like, we're sitting in the conversation with Jesus and the disciples before he leaves, but he's like, the Holy Spirit's actually going to bring to remembrance and teach you all things what I'm saying now, and you're going to write it down. And we benefit from that today. <clears throat> what you're looking at on the screen... If you're holding the Bible today, like we're benefiting from that, what he's talking about. Pretty awesome. Amen? Um, he also says, I don't, I don't have it on the slide, but you can turn there if you want. Uh, John chapter 16, uh, 12 through 13. Uh, he also says, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them right now. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them right now. When the Holy or when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So Jesus is saying some things, but he's not saying everything because he says you can't take it right now. All right. Uh, he also says, John 16, one. I, by the way, uh, that's why I said uh, you want to jot these references down. Please do, because I'm, I'm going to breeze through them. And you're going to be like, what did he say? Go back and look. All right. John 16, one. Um, <clears throat> I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. There's another reason. He's like, man, I'm sharing this with you so you won't fall away when it happens. Uh, Let's see, John 16, 4. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. I was with you, but now I'm going away. And so I'm telling you now. Okay? Uh, And then lastly, John 14, 29. And now I have told you before it takes place that when it does take place, you may believe. You may believe, because it's going to happen. You can bank on it, because I'm saying it to you. You may believe. If you look at, uh, for Church of the Valley, if you look at some of our beliefs, dis- distinctives, you can find this online, um, you'll notice the following statement in regards to what we believe about who God is. This is the statement that you'll see. By the way, if you're part of the Church of the Valley, you believe this. <laughs> if you're like, oh, man, I'm a member, I'm part of the family, and I didn't know we believe this. All right, uh, we believe that there is only one living and true God who exists in three distinct persons, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These three, the Trinity, are equal in essence and distinct in function. We believe in the Trinity. You won't see Trinity written out in the scripture. What you will find is the Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father. Uh, Back in Deuteronomy, I think it was chapter 6, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The God is one. So when Jesus comes along and he's like, I and the Father are one, no wonder they want to stone him because he's saying, I am God. And they're like, hold on, put the brakes on. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You say you're God, so either he's lying or he's God. Right? And so we believe... God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, okay? Um, This is the most crucial information Jesus is going to share with his disciples before he departs. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will forever be with those who are his. The most important thing he can share with them before he leaves. I mean, you you gotta imagine how these disciples feel, right? Right? They've been with Jesus for three years. Jesus has been teaching. He's been leading them. He's like, hey, come over here. Check this out. Watch what I do with the bread. I'm going to do these miracles. You're going to see that I'm the son of God. By the way, I'm leaving. Could you imagine that? Three years with Jesus, and he's like, okay, I'm gone. He could have just left it there, right? <laughs> he could have just been like, hey, um, well, I'm about to skip ahead, so hold that thought for one second. Um This section of John, 13 through 16, uh, more than any of the other Gospels, it shows more in depth, more at length, the triune God, the work of the triune God. This is a beautiful passage. If they need to hear this, we need to hear this, right? If you are a follower of Christ, this is good news to you that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are is with you forever, and with you today, if you belong to him, okay? So, let's jump into the passage. That was just some of it. There was an the intro. Uh, I, I'm going to try to tackle this with you, but uh, John chapter 14, we'll start in verse 15. Um, can we get the passage up? I think now I'll try to, I'll try to stick to most of it, um, but I'll always be referring back to this. So, uh, John 14 and verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. This statement, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, is basically a statement for who the promise Holy Spirit is for. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. They're the ones that the Holy Spirit is coming to reside in. Okay? That's why that statement is there. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The proof of love is in the evidence of obedience. The proof that we love Jesus is our obedience to him. In other words, genuine love is proved by genuine obedience. Okay? Um, 1 John 2-3 says that, And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. By this we come to know that we know God, that we have a relationship with him because we keep his commandments. 1 John 5, 3, this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. We're not obedient to show our love. Follow this. We're not obedient to show our love, but rather we're obedient because we are loved. Huge difference, right? Let me prove to you how much I love you by how much I'm obedient to you. And guess what? We're gonna fall short if that's our equation to this. <laughs> We're obedient to him because we're loved, because we can't help it because of his love. Jesus said, John 14, 31, he wraps up this chapter. He says, I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world knows that I'm obedient to the Father, that I love the Father. Jesus did not simply obey the Father so that the world would see his obedience. Right, That's not why Jesus obeyed the Father just so the world would see that. Um, he obeyed the Father because of their relationship, because of his desire to glorify the Father. And as a result, other people get to see it. That's why he obeyed the Father. Everything he wanted to do was for the glory of the Father, and people got to see it. Right. <clears throat> In the same way, if we know Jesus... And if we know his love for us, having been saved by him, our thoughts are going to be affected. Our motives are going to be affected. Our relationships are going to be affected. How we feel toward the loss is going to be affected. How we feel toward those who are saved are going to be affected. Right? If we have a relationship with Jesus and others are going to see it. Okay? Romans 6 16 through 18 says that we have become obedient from the heart. We have become obedient from the inside out. Religion, a lot of times, tries to tell you to be obedient from the outside, right? Paul says, no. Because of Christ in us, like, we're obedient from the heart. We've become slaves of righteousness, The evidence of love for Jesus is found in obedience in his word. Uh, We're going to also see this not in verse 15, but we're going to see it in verse 21. Uh, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Verse 23 and 24, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Pretty plain what he's saying right here, right? That's a very repetitive thing. Uh, Chapter 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. It is these who love me and keep my commandments that will receive the promise of the Spirit. That's why this is dropped in verse 15. So Jesus says, verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you I started to say this a second ago but uh, Jesus could have just told these guys hey um, if there's evidence like of obedience in your life you love me like man, that's cool. I'm out. I'll see you when you get home. I'll see you when you get to heaven, right? These guys would have probably been devastated, right? They're like, oh, man, he's been with us three years, and now he's going to bolt, and that's it, and he said he'll see us when we get there. These guys are like, man, that's a lot of weight. Whoo, right? We've been called to ministry. we we got to go and witness and testify, and like, Jesus is gone. Jesus didn't just leave it like that, Right? In fact, uh, verse 18, Jesus says that he's not going to leave them as orphans. He's not going to leave them parentless, fatherless, comfortless. He said, I will come to you. You guys ever been in a situation at work? uh, You were training on a job, and like you were learning the tools of the trade, and they were like, all right, buddy, go get them, and they leave you. You ever been thrown in the fire like that? You guys ever been thrown in the fire at work, right? And like, failed miserably. (laughs) They want you to. That's the only way you're going to learn, right? I'm glad Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't do that. He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you himself. That's good news. Um, Matter of fact, he's pretty much saying, you can't come to me yet, but I can come to you. Remember Jesus says, uh, where I'm going, you can't come yet, he told his disciples. So you can't come to me yet, but I'm going to come to you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, okay? I'll be with you. Uh, Let's see. Jesus said that he would ask the Father for another helper. That word another means another of the same kind, one exactly like himself. That's what that means. It's like, I'm, I'm not just giving you the helper. I'm giving you one that's just like me. Just like me. Another of the same kind. So just like me, as if it were me with you. Um, this kind of reminds me of what Jesus had just said regarding the Father. Remember what Jesus said about the Father in this chapter, I think it was? If you have seen me, you have seen who? The Father, right? And in the same way, man, the Holy Spirit, if you had the Holy Spirit, you have Jesus. So, Jesus would take what the Father would say and he would glorify the Father in the same way the Holy Spirit takes what Jesus says and glorifies Jesus. Um, another helper, that word helper, it's a Greek word, perikletos, which I probably ripped that to pieces, perikletos. It means called to one side or called to come alongside. This is encouraging. This is for you called to come alongside within. Jesus has said he's going to have the Father send the Holy Spirit who would come alongside you within. That's why he's a helper. He's an advocate for you. He's a comforter for you. And he's within you to never leave, to be with you forever. This word, parakletos, is only used uh, five times Uh, And only used by John. He uses it four times throughout this discourse of chapters 14 to 16, I think. And then only once more uh, concerning Jesus in uh, 1 John. Uh, But the four times he mentions it uh, in this discourse, he's referring to the Holy Spirit. So if you look at uh, chapter 14 and verse 26, he's very explicit here. He's like, this helper is the Holy Spirit. All right. The helper is the Holy Spirit. Um, chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus will ask the Father to give us the Holy Spirit. 14, 26, the Father sends the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And this ought to, well, this ought not to mess you up, but uh, what's going on here? Chapter 15, and verse 26, Jesus himself will send the Spirit from the Father. 16, will be sent by Jesus so who sends the Holy Spirit, the Father or the Son? Yes. The, the work of the triune God, okay? The work of the triune God. I, I love this. Uh, what, what else about the Holy Spirit? Fourteen sixteen. I mentioned this and I'll say it again. He will be with us forever. Uh, he's the spirit of truth. Says that three other or two other times. Three other times. Um, Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 14.26, he teaches you all things, brings to your remembrance all that Jesus said. 15.26, he proceeds from the Father. He bears witness about Jesus. 16.8, I told you I was going to throw these at you. Convicts the world regarding sin, righteousness, and judgment. 16.13, guides into all the truth. He speaks what he hears and he declares what is to come. 16, 14, he glorifies Jesus. Woo! Y'all staying with me? You good? Alright, there's a lot more. We're going to eat it up. I have 30 minutes left. Just kidding. Holy smokes, where does it go? Um, 14, 17, guess what? The world can't receive the Holy Spirit. This is for those who, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Those who belong to me, that's who the promise is for. The world can't receive the Holy Spirit. The Father is giving the Spirit to those who love Jesus, to those who have by faith in Jesus been saved and brought into relationship with the Father and the Son. The world cannot receive this gift, this promise, because it has rejected the Son and so rejected the Father. Uh, 1419, Jesus says that the world will see me No more. The world will see me no more. What does that mean if they see him no more except that, well, they have to have seen him at one point if they can't see him anymore, right? If the world's not going to see me any longer, that means they must have seen me at some point. I believe this is referring to his earthly ministry. Did you know that we're actually never told after his resurrection that he, he showed himself to the world? He did show himself to people. Look at this. You can write this down, too. It's pretty cool to go look at. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 5 through 8. Paul writes that after Christ has been raised, he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, believers. He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And he also appeared to me. That was Paul talking. It was not the world. Uh, Acts chapter 10. Verses 40 and 41, Peter said, God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So the world sees me now, guys, he's telling his disciples, but I'm about to go and they're not going to see me anymore. You can press into that a little bit. There's a, I think it's Revelation chapter one. It says, uh, behold, like he is coming in the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierce him. So, like there's coming a day, like every eye will see him. I believe that has to happen, right? Because it says every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that he's Lord. It's like, but when he leaves after his resurrection, like the world's not going to see him anymore. He only showed himself to those who were his own. You're going to see me. Um, I, I think what Jesus also means when he says this, like, you're going to see me and I wrestle with this. I even wrestle with this through some of the commentators on this passage, but like he says, you're going to see me again. Uh, that can probably encompass a lot. Like you're going to see me after the resurrection. You're going to see me because I'm coming in the person of the Holy Spirit and you're going to see me again because I'm going to bring you to myself where I'm at with the father. Right? So that, that's all of that. You're going to see me. <laughs> you were going to see me. Um, This other guy named Judas, not Iscariot, verse 22, he said to him, Lord, how is it that you're going to manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Uh, This word means to disclose, to make known. Sometimes when Jesus answers a person, I'm like, is that an answer? (laughs) You ever feel like that? Somebody asks an answer, they're like, just tell me plainly. And Jesus is like, uh, 10 and 2 mix-a-duck bookaroo. I don't, I don't know. Like this, it just doesn't make sense. You're like, I don't know what he's talking about. I feel like this is one of those. Like, this guy, Judas, asked... Uh, did, did I just lose my spot? Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, this guy named Judas, verse 22, says, Lord, how is it that you're going to manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, verse 23, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. You think that answers it? (laughs) You're going to show yourself to us but not to the world? What are you talking about? He's, If you love me, keep my commandments. We're going to come and make our home with you. He's answering the question. This is why the world cannot receive me. This is why the world won't have us manifest to them. Because the world does not love me. The world will not keep my word. The Father will not love the world as he loves you relationally. We, the Father and the Son, will not come to the world and make our home with them, but with you. That's why, Judas. I'm manifesting myself to my own. I'm disclosing myself to my own. Um, I feel like I need to skip a lot to catch up. <clears throat> Hold on tight, real quick. Uh, all right. The manifesting that Jesus is talking about, it must be further manifesting than it's already take, taken place. Um, John also writes in First John, uh, he says that the life was made manifest among us. We have seen it. We testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. So Jesus had already manifested himself among his people, right? John says it this way, we have seen him, we have touched him, the word of life. He's already shown himself. So it must be different than that. Um, John 1.14, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. It's the incarnation, right? He did manifest himself. He came in the flesh. We saw him. But, This is what the world doesn't get. Um, John 14, you're going to see this word, uh, dwelling place. I think it's money. is the Greek word for that. You're going to see it in John 14, 2 and in John 14, 23. John 14, 2, remember Jesus' promise. He says, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. That's dwelling place. That's money. I'm going to go and prepare a dwelling place for you so that I'm going to come and take you to myself so you can be where I'm at, all right? But he also said, we, the Father and the Son, we're going to come and make our money in you, our dwelling place in you. Uh, He will come, and he will dwell with us until we go and dwell with him. That's awesome. It's a both and. We will go to be in his dwelling place, but until then, he will come and dwell in us. Woohoo, right? He'll never leave us. He's with you now, dwelling. You will be with him, dwelling forever. Man, that's good news. That's good news. Amen? Amen. Man, I'm sorry, I'm just encouraged saying that. I'm like, man, that is good news. Gosh, that's good. Um, amen. Let's go home. <laughs> um, Jesus is physically with the Father. we got to wrestle with this. Jesus is physically with the Father in heaven and through the Holy Spirit. He's with his disciples on earth. Uh, I think it was, remember in Acts, Jesus was ascending into heaven on in the cloud. The angels were like, hey, the same way you saw Jesus leave, he's going to come again. He physically left you. He's coming back. So, if I ask you right now, where's Jesus? You don't have to answer, but I wonder what you would say. Where's Jesus? (laughs) You probably get so many answers across the room right now. Uh, Where is Jesus? Uh, Let me give you this is not exhaustive, but I'm going to give you some passages to talk about where Jesus is. Uh, Well, we already talked about the promise I'm going to prepare a place for you. So, like, he's gone to prepare a place. That's where he's at. Stephen, when he got stoned, Because of Christ in Acts chapter 7, he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Where's Jesus? Standing at the right hand of God. He's at the right hand of God. Uh, Jesus said, chapter 16, verse 28, I came from the Father and have come into the world. I am now leaving the world and going to the Father. Where's Jesus? The Father. Paul said, Colossians 3, seek the things above where Christ is seated. Seated at the right hand of God. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God and also with those who have the Holy Spirit. We just saw this in 14.23. We're going to come and make our home, our dwelling place with you. Uh, John 15.5, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. I in him. Uh, Let's see. Paul said, Romans 8. 9 and 10, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. It's with the Father, but Christ is in you. Okay? La- last verse. This is not all the verses, but this is the last one I, I'm going to share with you. Uh, Second Corinthians 13, 5, Paul said, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Isn't that amazing? We're going to be with him in his dwelling place, but his dwelling place right now is with us too. He is both with the Father, seated at the right hand of God, but he is with us now. Woo! I'm <clears throat> um, try to breeze through. Sorry, I'm going to jump. 27, say something quick about this. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world do I give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Does that sound peaceful? Jesus says, in this world, you will be hated. Does that sound peaceful? <laughs> it does, right? You can be hated and have all kinds of trials. That is great. What do you guys like to go for, like, a very serene, like, peaceful place for you? The beach? Mountains? I guess most of you, like, why you live here? I go to the mountains. Isn't it crazy how oftentimes we, like, we try to get away from the hustle and bustle of life, away from the chaos, away from work, away from you fill in the blank. And we find the peaceful place. You guys ever been in that place and like, man, you're trying to find that peace from without and you're still wrestling with no peace within? Because you're trying to find it from without. That's not the peace that Jesus is talking about. He's not giving you peace as the world gives to you. Uh, As long as you're here, there's coming a day where there's going to be no more crying, no more pain, no more suffering. We look forward to that day. But while you're here, Death, persecution, tribulation, hating and being hated. The peace Jesus is talking about comes through his spirit within us. The peace Jesus is referring to is not the peace the world gives. Rather, he's talking about the peace that, as Paul says in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts from the Spirit, and it rules in your hearts. Or as he also says in Philippians 4, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that he gives from within. That's what Jesus says, I leave with you. I I give this to you. I don't just leave it with you and I go away. He's like, no, I'm coming in the Spirit. I'm actually giving you peace. You have my peace within because you have me. In the set, you guys remember, uh, man, I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you. I, I don't apologize for that. Romans chapter five. Uh, Paul talks about how God pours out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. In the same way, man, I believe He pours out His peace within us through His holy Spirit. Not as the world gives. you can't manufacture that. It's a heavenly peace. while chaos happens around you. Uh, hold on, let me see if, if I can knock some of this off here. Oh yeah, probably ought to address 1428. You heard me say, I'm going away. I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. Did that make you question something for a second? You're like, wait a minute. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're the same triune God. The Father is greater than I right? Jesus is not speaking of himself as being inferior to the Father. He's already said that he and the Father are one, right? He said that I'm in the Father, the Father is in me. What he is saying is that the Father is the one who has sent the Son, who has commanded the Son. Jesus will be going back to the Father to share in the glory that he already had with the Father before the world was. He's going back there so his people ought to rejoice because of his glory. Uh, Made me think of, uh, like, my mom was probably one of my biggest, like, prayer warriors. My encourager would always come alongside me even when I didn't ask for it or even when I didn't want it. Man, I come, I, there was a time where I didn't appreciate my mom, but I came to love my mom. Man just to hang out with my mom, like, it was a sweet interaction that we had. If you were a friend of mine, and you hear me say that, and there's a chance for me to go see my mom, you'd be all over it, right? You'd be all over it, like, yes, I wouldn't want to keep you from that. Like, I've heard you talk about your mom. You love your mom. Like, you you should go spend some time with your mom. Um, I'm not, this doesn't illustrate well and completely with this, but like, if these guys hear Jesus talk about the Father over and over, I'm here. The Father sent me. I'm, it's all about the Father's glory. Whatever the Father says, I do. Like as soon as Jesus says I'm going back to the Father, they're like, Dude, yeah, you were all about the Father. How in the world would we want to keep you here? The Father is greater than I because I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to return to the glory that I had with Him. You should rejoice in that, right? And we get to rejoice because he's there in the glory of the Father, but he, he's here. The Son and Father are, are with us. Um, all right, last thing i want to say on the passage, and I don't think we're running crazy over. Uh, Jesus said in 1430, I will no longer talk much with you. I will no longer talk much with you. We're about to wrap it up, disciples. The ruler of this world is coming. Who's he talking about there? He's talking about s- Satan, right? Um, You can see that through a lot of the scripture. Uh, You can see that in Ephesians 1 where all of us were actually followers of the prince of the power of the air. We were all by nature children of wrath, according to Ephesians 1. Not Jesus. Satan had no claim on him. So when the ruler of this world is coming, I think in this passage, is is certainly referring to the fact that, hey, Judas is about to come with his boys. Remember chapter 13, it said uh, Satan entered Judas, like he's already made plans. He's about to betray Jesus. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm telling you guys this. I'm about to not be able to talk to you any longer because the ruler of this world is coming. Like they're coming to arrest me. They're going to crucify me. But Satan didn't have any claim on me. That's not why I'm giving in. I'm giving in because I'm obeying the Father, right? That's why I'm doing this. Satan has no claim on me. Jesus submitted himself to the Father. Um, ben, would you come back up and, and join me? Uh, I don't know what your response is to that. I'm going to say a couple of things as far as application goes, but uh, there may be something I don't say that the Lord's calling you to respond to, and yeah, that's okay. The Holy Spirit does his work. You realize that uh, when Jesus says the Holy Spirit was with you and he will be in you, the Holy Spirit was already at work with and around these guys? Did you know before you came to Christ, the Holy Spirit was at work, probing your heart to come to faith in Jesus? And then when you believe in Christ and you're born again, you're sealed, the Holy Spirit, like, He comes in and dwells in you. So whatever is stirring this morning, I just pray you would respond to Jesus. All right? So I'll give a couple of words in application, but um, can we get our prayer folks up here as well. There's going to be some guys who want to pray with you. Um, What I would do a lot of times, uh, we're going to have some folks who want to pray with you up here. You're welcome to grab anybody beside you, right? You're welcome to stay in your seat and pray to the Lord. If you want to grab somebody from your community group, you can do that. If you're brand new this morning, you just walked in here and you're like, what did I get myself into? This guy won't stop talking. (laughs) You can pick You could pick any of these guys in here, like you can come and find me. We'd love to talk. But I'm about about to pray that the Holy Spirit will shake you up this morning. Whether I said something that needed to be said or not, like he desires that all come to repentance, that no one perish. So I'm going to pray that in a second. Um, Question for you Do you love Jesus? Is there an overwhelming overwhelming desire for you to walk in obedience to him? You're like, man, I can't help it. Not out of necessity to show just how much you love him, but because you recognize how much he loves you. Is that present in your life or is that absence? Absent. Jesus would say, if that's absent, you may not have the spirit. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's not burdensome, okay? There's evidence of his presence in your life. Um, If it doesn't describe you, then submit to him today by repenting of your sins, which means turning from your sins. You realize you've sinned against the holy God. The wrath of God remains on you, but Jesus paid that price. This morning, repent from your sins. and Say, I admit I'm a sinner, Jesus, and I need you, your blood to cover me. I need your spirit to come in receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that he uh, gives you life both now and forever. Uh, Are you not only looking for a future hope of being with Jesus when this life's over, but are you aware of this promised spirit with you right now at this time? Right now at this time, as a believer, you have with you at all times the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you need to be reminded of this truth, of this comfort, of this peace, For you, believer, like the disciples, do you need to hear these words from Jesus? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. What's plaguing you right now with fear? What's troubling your heart that he's telling you, don't let that happen? I'm with you. I'm with you. I haven't left you. I didn't leave you as orphans. I'm I'm here. I'm comforting you. I'm with you. How can his presence with you be of comfort? Is the peace that Jesus has offered, is it ruling in your heart? It's ruling in your heart. Let me pray with you guys. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you were giving your disciples these These words before you departed. These words that still ring true for us us today, Lord. All those guys you were talking to just then, Lord, all but one of them were uh, killed, martyred for you, Lord. They didn't live long after this. So was this word just for them and then it was over? Or was this word for every one of your people who would come to faith after them? Lord, this word is still just as true today for everyone who believes in you, Jesus, who are called by your name. So, Lord, if there's this morning someone in here and they say, man, I, I, I don't know that there is evidence of Christ at work in my life. I don't have an appetite for him or to follow his word. He's, he, he seems distant. Lord, you just show them. Would you draw them to yourself this morning? Would you let them hear your invitation to come to you? All you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Would you let them come this morning, Lord, and just rest in your love? Let them know that you love them. overwhelm their hearts, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that whatever you want to speak this morning, Lord, you would do it in such a mighty way, Lord, even in spite of of me talking up here, Lord, that you would speak to someone's heart this morning, Lord, that you would be piercing their heart, moving within them this morning. Jesus, you said that no one comes to the Son unless the Father draws them. Holy Spirit, do a drawing this morning. As someone has forgotten, Lord, they need to be reminded that you are present with them, Lord. You haven't left. Let them this morning, Lord, know and stand upon your promise, Lord. You are good, and we worship you, Lord. Thank you that you are with us always. We look forward to the dwelling place with you, and we are so thankful that you are dwelling with us right now, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To you be all the glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Come forward to these guys to pray. You can come see me or grab anyone around you, okay? Let's stand. Let's sing.